0: Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Hello there, welcome to Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les, I am the host of Balanced Black Girl and I am honored to have you joining me today, tuning into this episode If you're listening to this episode on the day that it is released, happy Friday, at least as happy of a Friday as we can currently get. I know this is different. New episodes usually come out every other Tuesday. It has been a hot minute since we've done a Friday episode. I don't think I've done one since I retired the Feel Good Friday episodes last year, but I have been feeling called to do something a little bit different. If you normally listen to the podcast, you know that this is an interview style show, that I really started this podcast as a platform to promote the work of Black women who are health and wellness practitioners, who are wellness professionals, or who work in the areas of spirituality, personal development, uh, finances, those are all things that we cover. And I occasionally do solo episodes a couple times a year just so that you and I can catch up with one another um, as, as, you know, as I feel called or as I receive enough kind of questions from listeners of better things that I can address. But for the most part, the Tuesday interviews are kind of my jam. And with everything that has been happening with COVID, I mean, y'all, I will be so honest, the regular cadence and style of which I interview I just haven't had it. I haven't, haven't had the energy to do it at the volume that I normally do. Now, do not get me wrong. I love it. I have plenty more interviews coming up for you all that have been recorded and are in the works. However, it takes a lot of energy and it is energy that I am happy to spend because sharing these women's stories with you are 100% worth it. But I kind of wanted to mix it up a little bit. I'm kind of wanting to add some things that feel a little bit more off the cuff, that feel a little bit less interviewee and just feel like down home conversations with some people in my life who are willing to come to come on here and are willing to talk to me and share their stories and just talk about life and how they're feeling and where we're at just kind of real conversations between everyday black women That's not to say that my guests are not everyday Black women, because they are. However, doing a more professional interview is a little bit different than kind of the down-home organic conversations that I have been craving. But those kind of only come about, at least for me, with people that I already know. Because when I'm getting to know somebody, that's when I'm like asking all the questions and feel the need to be a little bit more on. Or if I know that someone has an amazing specialty or a line of work that I want to share with you, I need to be a little bit more on. And uh, these conversations are really going to be a little bit more organic. Just having conversations with black women in my life that I love and admire and want to share with you. I also get a lot of requests to do more solo episodes. And I hesitate only because it's not that I dislike solo episodes. Y'all talking to yourself is hard. (laughs) Recording like a full, you know, 30 to 45 minute conversation with yourself and not having another person to kind of feed off of energy wise or to have a little bit of back and forth is really hard. And I'll be totally honest, y'all. I really don't have a whole lot to talk about by myself. And so that's why the solo episodes are kind of few and far between because I need those to come about when I truly have something to say. And I feel like that's why those episodes are so popular because there usually is a message behind it. But Y'all, if I tried to do that every week, I'd be lying to you and myself. So these (laughs) conversations in these bonus episodes coming out are going to be kind of a happy medium for everybody. So it's going to be a bit more of an organic conversation. It's going to be a little bit more personal. It's going to kind of have that similar feel Of the solo episodes, but I am still getting to have a conversation with another person to just bring you something of value and to relate to. And for this very first conversation, I could not think of a better person to invite on the podcast than my mom. And it is a Mother's Day weekend heading into, you know, the next couple of days as this Episode is being published, and I also want to acknowledge that you know holidays like Mother's Day are not necessarily easy for everyone, and there are so many reasons why that is, and every last reason is valid. So if you know the next couple of days are difficult for you, I send so much love to you, um, and just really, really want you to pour into and take care of yourself and just know that I am pouring into you from afar because I know that these days can be really, really hard. And that's actually um, also something that, you know, my mom shared with me, like, as soon as we stopped recording this episode, um, was just kind of her struggles around Mother's Day this year, now that both of my grandmothers are no longer with us. And so for her, like, her mother figures are are no longer here, and and she's struggling with that as well. So just know that... um, even though social media might be kind of a lot over the next couple of days, know that you are loved, you are supported, and you are not alone. And with that, uh, circling back to this conversation, um, I am just so excited to introduce you all to my mom. I am really grateful to have... A really, really positive relationship with both of my parents. But you know, today we're today's about uh, motherhood and conversations around motherhood. And I'm just so excited to introduce you all to her. You know, my mom and I are opposites. We have kind of polar opposite personalities. She is like the life of the party razzle dazzle. I am more of the kind of wet blanket of the two, but we balance each other out really, really well. And that's not to say that we are perfect or that our relationship is perfect because we have had our challenges. We continue to have our challenges. But at the end of the day, we just have such a mutual respect and admiration for each other, woman to woman, that I so appreciate. And my mom has had kind of a, she's had a, she's had a life. I mean, she's dealt with a lot. She had a really tough childhood and her experience (laughs) becoming a mother and transitioning into motherhood was not necessarily a smooth or conventional one by any means. And you know, you'll get to hear about her story from her in just a minute. But um I was just so honored and excited that she was willing to come on here, that she was willing to share her story. And It is just one that I think a lot of folks will get value from because we talk about navigating motherhood, about doing things differently from what you were taught, about breaking generational cycles and working through generational trauma and trying not to repeat the same cycles that maybe you grew up with or saw around you, and I just am honored that she was willing to come on, she was willing to share and be so transparent. So I cannot wait for you to dive in and get to know her better. I hope you enjoy this bonus episode. All right, well, we are on day fifty eleven hundred of <laughs> staying in the house. <laughs> Mom, how are you doing? Having stayed in the house for two months now. I don't know. Not quite sure. Um, up and down,
1: back and forth. Um, but it's good. It's all good. Um, there are lots of parts of me that are enjoying just being home. Mm -hmm. It takes all the obligation out of going places. And, um, yeah, some of the Obligations are feel relieved, um, and I kind of don't feel like I'm missing out because I suffer from FOMO. I'm one of those FOMO people, mm-hmm. but there's no FOMO because nobody's doing anything without me. So
0: yeah, <laughs> that's true. And <laughs> if they are, they're them. they're suffering some consequences that you don't want to be a part of. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I get really bad FOMO too, and it has been nice to not just to not even have that be a factor, not even yeah. be a thing. Yeah, it feels nice. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody is kind of turned down right now. Mm-hmm. So we, I guess, should introduce you <laughs> to the to the listeners. Do you want to let people know who you are? Sure.
1: Uh, my name is Trina Alfred, and I am... The mother of Lestrandra Alfred and D'Anthony Alfred. More than just your mother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For these purposes, how I relate to you is I'm your mother. Yeah.
0: And how else would you introduce yourself outside of being a mother?
1: Outside of being a mother, um, I am a friend, I am a wife. I am a sister. I am a lot of things all in one, all in one body.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm a complex
0: creature. You are a complex creature. We are we're all complex creatures. Yeah, yeah very true. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. This is like so different, different for both of us.
1: <laughs> it feels very different. I'm really really excited to be here. I'm a little bit nervous. Really? If I'm yeah. being completely honest, yeah, just oh, a little know. bit. Um, I'm not sure why I don't think I really have much to be nervous about, but I'm a little bit nervous Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that this platform is a really important one and I know that i'm not just saying this because i'm your mom I'm a really big fan of the show And I listen to every episode and all of the women that have been on this show have been so incredible and the conversations have all been so rich. And I just feel like I have a lot. I I know that I have a lot to offer. But yeah, just being such a big fan of the show, I just kind of feel a little bit nervous. Like, wow, I hope I can cut it. I hope I can cut it with with the rest of these ladies.
0: (laughs) Of course. Honestly, that's how I feel hosting it. I'm like, I hope I can cut it talking to some of these people because like, what am I doing besides plugging a microphone in my laptop?
1: Killing it. You're killing it. That's (laughs) what you're doing. You're killing it.
0: Well, I'm super excited to have you here. I mean, timing-wise, you know, we're chatting right before Mother's Day. It's just a good time to have you here and to introduce you to the, the broader Balanced Black Girl community. But also, I've been feeling just not as inspired to conduct interviews lately. Like, I love interviews, but they take a lot out of me. And I more so have just been craving, wanting to just have conversations with people in my life that I love and love talking to and just sharing more of that, more of the organic, less of the, you know, I'm planning and I'm structuring an episode and I'm structuring an interview and I'm carrying a conversation and there's specific places I want it to go, which in a lot of the other episodes, that's, that's what it is. And that's, it's necessary. That's what makes it meaningful. That's what makes, you know, the content helpful is the fact that it's so intentional, but I've just been craving something more organic. Well, I think we can
1: definitely do that today.
0: Yeah. I was like, you're a good first person to start that with.
1: (laughs) We can go off the cuff.
0: Yeah. So, I think what I would love to just learn more about and talk more about are your experiences in mother. You just have such an interesting story. Like your life is just, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You survived a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Because
1: it's my life and I've lived it and the experiences are mine. They feel just very, it just feels very normal. It's my normal, but I do appreciate that you appreciate my story. Every, everybody has a story and I love that you're interested in mine and that you can appreciate. I, I know that, you know, most of my story. Mm-hmm. But I love also that you can appreciate my story.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm obviously not a mother yet, but I have quite a few friends who are mothers who are constantly navigating that, uh, that, for lack of a better word, balance between their identities as a person and their identities as a mother. And so I think sharing some aspects of your story that are related to motherhood is great. And then also those things that aren't are still just as meaningful because I think so many women are always figuring out how those two things play together. Huge challenge for me that changes from day to day.
1: I have been a mother, as you know, you being my firstborn. um, I've been a mom. I was a very young mom, and I've been a mom for most of my life. And so, as I've grown into who I am, I've been a mom for most of that time. And I think that's why it can be a challenge for me to differentiate mom from who I am because so much of it is it's just so intertwined that coupled with the fact that I absolutely love being a mom. I love it.
0: Why? Like, what about it? Do you love?
1: I think it's the connection. There's a connection that I have with you and your brother that I just don't have. It's so, it's just very different than any other connection that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that it's by happenstance. I know that I've worked really hard to develop that and to keep it. And, and that's why I'm saying it can be different day by day. One day, I feel like I'm still parenting you guys. You're both adults and I'm doing way too much. And other days I feel like I need to like check your grocery list and make sure you haven't left and like make sure your roommate or his roommate or, you know, just get too far in the business at times. (laughs) I sometimes don't know when to draw a line between the mothering and, um, and just pulling back. yeah. But I love being a mom. It's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a unique relationship. It's in a real, it's a really neat experience, but I have been a mom almost my entire life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, you were a teen mom, which is, Not easy, I'm sure. I can't even wrap my head around it. I mean what was that experience like for you getting pregnant so young and navigating that? Were you scared? Like how did you how did you feel? How did you navigate that?
1: Well, first of all, it came as a huge shock because I was I had that kind of teenage mentality that so many teenagers have. I had that kind of it can't happen to me mentality. Mm -hmm. And so when I did get pregnant, I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I just couldn't believe it. And I was pretty scared. I remember being pretty scared and just thinking, like, I couldn't see my way through the situation. Like, I couldn't see from being pregnant at 17 to you sitting here at the age you are now. Like, I couldn't see that all the way through. I knew that we would get there, but I had no idea. So I think the scary part for me was just the unknowing. But at the very same time, once I made a decision to be a mom, and I knew that I was going to maintain my pregnancy and have my baby, that at that point, everything needed to be about making sure you were okay. Mm. I say you because you were the the product of that pregnancy. So my mind my mindset really shifted from, gosh, I'm scared. How am I going to make this work? To,
0: okay, just make it work. Like there it's you. go time. That's right. Yeah. And did that happen after I was born while you were pregnant? Like, when did that mentality shift? Definitely
1: while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Definitely while I was pregnant. Oh, yeah. I was preparing mentally, not knowing exactly where I was going and how I was going to figure it out. But I was, yeah. I just knew that it definitely wasn't just about me anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm even thinking, I mean, back then, you know, life was so different than it was now where there's just so much information and there's so much noise and there's so many resources. And I think on one hand, that can be really good in the sense of you can find the answer to pretty much any question you have anywhere. Or you can go online or go on social media and you can see somebody who probably has a very similar situation to you and feel like you relate to them in some way. Um, which obviously, you know, in the 80s, like that wasn't the case. However, Mm -hmm. there also is so much noise with people being really judgy towards mothers. Mm -hmm. And I could imagine even if someone does have a kid through some situation that's maybe unconventional, whether they're young or whatever, probably feeling really judged because of that, because there is so much noise. And so I just feel like it's, it just must have been a very interesting experience at that time, not necessarily having as much access to information or people who are going through the same thing.
1: Yeah, I definitely did. And there was also a large part of me that really felt like I was letting my mom down and maybe my family a bit. Yeah, I felt like because my mother was a young mother, she had me at a very young age and my grandmother had her at a very young age. And so there was just the the generational thing that kind of went down through the generations. I literally told myself this will not happen. My child will not be a teen parent. How much control over that I had? I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) 17, 18 year old wisdom. I was like, no way this stops right here. But yeah, definitely feeling judged just by society. Yeah. I remember specifically thinking right after I had you looking at you and thinking that this child will not be a statistic. Like no matter what I do. I'm a statistic. I felt like I fit a statistic being a teen mom and I was like, this child will not be a statistic. She will not suffer many of the things that I have suffered growing up. And I'm just going to do everything I can do to make sure that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think one thing that I would love to just learn more from you about or just talk more about is around generational cycles, you know, generational trauma and things like that and kind of breaking those cycles because our relationship as mother and daughter are very different than the relationship that you had with Mm -hmm. grandma and Mm -hmm. kind of what that looks like. And I think a lot of people have a really hard time navigating those cycles and helping to break those cycles and maybe even having those same intentions you had of either, I'm not going to be a statistic in this way, or my child won't repeat this same cycle. And then sometimes it does happen. So mm-hmm. I would love to just hear from your perspective, why you think we were able to break that cycle and, and why you think our relationship is so different than the mother daughter relationship that you experienced as a daughter.
1: Yeah. So I, well, I'll take it. I'll take it part by part. Yeah. As far as the generational thing, I feel like I was very intentional, and I took it. I took it really seriously. I took it very, very seriously, and I worked on it. Intention. I. There was a lot of intent. Put it that way. The decisions that I made after I became a mom my decisions were shaped around what was going to be best for you and what was going to be your really to just give you the best life, not to raise you in a mansion, not to buy you a Mercedes Benz on your 16th birthday. It really wasn't about finances because you, as you know, we've always been, we've done fine financially. However, it wasn't about finances. It was about giving you your best life. And that meant the decisions that I make that I made during the time and I really so many of my decisions were shaped by that. So it really didn't matter what my friends around me were doing. I wasn't doing things that other young people were doing because I was somebody's mom. And when I behave a certain way, or if I make a certain decision, every decision that I made and every move I made was going to affect someone else, someone who didn't ask to be one. And so that was, that shaped so many of my decisions and, I know that you saw that growing up, and I I really believe that it meant something. And I think that it shaped you into who you are and definitely are. Do you
0: have an example of what one of those decisions was?
1: Yeah, I mean, there were many times. Um, because I had you right before I turned 18, by the time I was 19, 20, 21, That's the time when you're really kind of figuring yourself out, when you kind of want to go out to the club, when you want to look your best and be free and move about freely. There were many times that my friends did, even when, even my friends that had children did those things and I didn't desire it. I just did not. I would much rather be with you and I would much rather... Be home to read you a book and tuck you in. I would rather do that than than be out hanging out with my friends. I had friends and I did do hangout things, but just making just every decision really just to make your priority not not being a kid. You
0: know, yeah. I just to make that's hard same. because it at that age, you still kind of are a kid. I mean, you know, absolutely. once you get to the point where you're 18, you're legally an adult. But now that I'm so much older than that, I'm like, oh, that is that is still a kid yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And my because my mom was a young mom, like I said, and she basically was raising me her entire young life, she made different decisions. She, you know, she she kind of did her thing a little bit and I just didn't desire that. Mm -hmm. As I saw it, and I didn't really like being on the other end of it. I didn't like having some of her decisions that she made didn't sit well with me, and so I didn't even want to make those decisions. Yeah, just it was it. It actually made it easy. It made it easy to not want to do that. To do some of those things, then I definitely made my share of mistakes, and I've had my share of send you to grandma's house for for the night and the weekend, and go to the club and be young. I have definitely done those things, but they were few and far between because I would rather be with you and I would rather read you a story and talk to you. In.
0: And so would you say that that is the foundation that made our relationship so different than what you had? I grandma?
1: think so, because I think in order to build a relationship, you need consistency. Mm-hmm. You need someone who's going to show you that they're dependable and that they're there with you every day, no matter what. And we have that. We definitely have that. And so I think that that was a good building block on having a good solid relationship with us. Yeah.
0: And I think even, I mean, having heard, you know, stories from your childhood or knowing just how much you moved around and all of those things, I feel like the childhood that you and dad gave me was so opposite of that. We were in one place. I went to school with the same people the whole time. There was very little change, just polar opposite. And it was it's mm-hmm. interesting to see how much that can change just from one generation to the next.
1: Yeah. Again, intentional decisions. Yeah. We were pretty intentional about keeping you in the same school district and keeping things um stable for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Easy and easy to do. You know, it's not, it wasn't too hard for me personality wise to put down roots and just, just be, it was easy to
0: just be. And I'm having grown up in a situation that was kind of the opposite of that. It probably also felt good for you to have roots, you know, even though you didn't fully have them until adulthood. Yeah. Probably felt good.
1: Yeah, the moving around so much. It's not like I'm a military baby or something. Yeah. <laughs> the moving was just moving for moving sake. And it did feel really good so that when I was in control of my own situation that I could just be still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, That did feel good for me because definitely moving around a lot when I was young was a challenge. Yeah. But I got to be really resilient from it, though. Like really be resilient. Yeah. And I pulled some stuff off moving around, like even the number of schools that I went to in my freshman year of high school. Amazing that I was able to. Didn't you go to like
0: six schools or something crazy in that one school year?
1: Yeah. I want to say in the second half of my freshman year, I went to probably four or five schools just in the second half. And how I managed to still finish high school on time was just mind blowing. Yeah. My mind is blown. And see, those are things like I think about that. And while I was moving around and switching schools, I didn't feel like I was suffering or like I was, I was experiencing it at the time. At the time I didn't realize the effect it was having on me, but then when it was time for me to have my own children and start my own family, I was like, wow, yeah, that's what we're not going to do. And Mm -hmm. that's where those decisions came from. I don't know that I realized it at the time, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. And I think for so many of those things, we don't, understand how they impact us until later on because when you're young and you're in it you're just kind of in it and you're doing you're surviving
1: yeah yeah and you just do
0: yeah so when it comes to parenting I mean did you feel like you were just kind of doing it on the fly like how did you how did you learn do you feel like you're still learning like what was that process like as such a young person
1: you know I I think as far, I'm still learning. I learned on the fly. I'm still learning. I definitely made some missteps along the way. Um, Hopefully none of them too detrimental. The goal is to raise adults that don't need, that don't need a whole bunch of super glue to glue you back together because we broke you. (laughs) (laughs) Your childhood broke you. (laughs) We don't want you to need a lifelong counseling just because of poor decisions by your parents. But um, I definitely learned on the fly. And a lot of it for me was like, you know, even my decision early on, I think you and I talked about this recently, and you even mentioned it in in an episode recently of Bounce Black Girl, that my decision to breastfeed you Mm -hmm. was so nobody else in my family did it. Everybody was like, why are you doing that? but that was a decision that maybe i read somewhere i don't know once i knew that it was the best thing for my baby it was i did it that was just it and it was not easy breastfeeding is a challenge it's hard um some babies are more demanding but you know once once i once i knew that that's what was best for you then that's just what i was going to do so that was like one of the first decisions that i made as a parent that um, was unconventional, nobody around me had done it. People were asking me, why on earth are you doing that? And I just thought, you know, it's best for my baby and it's best for me. And so um, learning to parent has been a challenge, especially because both of my kids have such different personalities. And so every day looks so different as a parent, every day looks so completely different. And I love being a mom, I love it, but it can be so challenging
0: going to take a quick pause to talk about stress. In episode 61, we talked about stress management and how adaptogens can help our bodies adapt to stress and contribute to overall wellness. Since that episode, I've been loving the peak and valley adaptogen blends, which, as a reminder, adaptogens are powerful plants that help the body manage the stress response and support hormone health. And their brain blend has been my personal favorite for adding to my coffee, to my smoothies when I just need a little bit of extra mental sharpness and clarity. Pecan Valley is a Black woman-owned company that creates high-quality, lab-tested, plant-based products to support your beauty, mood, and mind. Several Balanced Black Girl listeners have been incorporating Pekin Valley blends into their routines, and here's what one listener had to say. I purchased the Brain Blend mostly because I'm a 30-year-old going back to school and needed a way to get more centered and focused. I noticed my mind wasn't feeling as mentally sharp during my studies and in class. Once I purchased the Blend, I put it in my smoothies and coffee, and now more than ever, I notice my focus and mental sharpness coming back. The brain blend has definitely become a part of my morning routine. So if you are wanting to give them a try, head to peakandvalley.co slash balanceblackgirl and use the coupon code balanceblackgirl, all one word, lowercase, for 15% off your purchase. Again, for the adaptogen blends, that is peakandvalley.co slash girl. For 15% off. And in addition to the brain blend, which I mentioned, they also have the Balance My Stress blend, which is great for anti fatigue, protection against free radicals, and the Nurture My Skin blend, which is really great for boosting your beauty from the inside out. So, again, that is Co slash Balance Black Girl using the coupon code Balance Black Girl for 15% off. Yeah and i I mean, I look at parents, and I'm like, "I don't know how you do it, but it also changes day to day, year to year. I mean, I feel like it's also probably in an interesting spot now with you parenting adults and kind of what that looks like, like yes, it's more hands off, but it it probably still i don't know, I don't know, you yeah. know what I'm yeah. trying to say well, <laughs> parenting from afar. <laughs>
1: I'm just one of those pretty involved parents and always have been. And so I, I'm i still learning what needs my involvement and what doesn't. And I'm still picking up on cues from you and your brother on when I am overstepping or when I am in your mix a little bit too much. or And you don't need parenting at this point. You absolutely need me to be your mom and to be here and so does your brother but you guys don't need hands-on parenting (laughs) and so learning that to like kind of hands off a little bit because there are times I think recently I don't know what's it I offered you to do something like do you want me to go online and create a profile for you or something that was hilarious and you were like no mom I think I got it (laughs) after I said that I kind of chuckled to myself and I was like yeah I think she's Probably pretty good at creating her own online profile. (laughs) Had a little (laughs) practice. (laughs) A little bit. So it's those kind of things that I'm still, I'm still working on kind of when do I, and I'm also kind of personality wise, you know, me, I always want to be helpful. I always Mm -hmm. want to fill in a gap where I can or a space when necessary, but Mm -hmm. me learning when to pull some of that back, because Mm -hmm. that's how you learn to fill in your own spaces and gaps is I, I need to pull back a bit. So.
0: Yeah, I'm still learning. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I feel like as humans, we're all still learning everything yeah. every day. And every day is
1: different. Every day is different. So, yeah.
0: Do you ever miss when we were little? Or are you Sometimes. like, no, I'm glad it's over? <laughs> <laughs> from
1: one day to the next I really I'm sure
0: in quarantine day. you're glad that we're not little
1: <laughs> it's been amazing having no one at home I, I've we've got a little emptiness thing going and um it does not suck <laughs> it doesn't suck at all it's actually been pretty nice to have um the house quiet and yeah um I definitely miss the baby stages. I miss the, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I go through old photos and look at things and have memories. And and because you and your brother are space far enough apart, like we had a baby, you know, and you were almost nine years old when he was born. You had gone through many of the stages and then we started over. And so, um, yeah, I definitely miss it. I don't know how I don't know how parents do two little kids or more than one small ones at one time. That's the experience I haven't had. And I don't know how folks do that.
0: Yeah, I do think I do think dad really misses when we were little. I think he actually has a harder time with the fact that we're like grown up. I I think he like actively struggles with it.
1: Agreed. (laughs) I would agree with that. Very true (laughs) statement. He absolutely does. Yeah. He's pretty funny. if he even sees a photo of you with lipstick on, he's like coming apart. And I'm like, I yeah. like to do
0: Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. funny. It's pretty funny. So how have you also been able to maintain your own identity outside of motherhood, especially since, you know, as you said, you've been, you've been a mom for a lot more of your life than not. How do you still feel like yourself and have an identity outside of that?
1: Well, I have my own personal interests and things that I do for myself, by myself, that are just for me, that are completely separate of being a mom or or even a wife for that matter. I'm currently sitting in my little, what was formerly your bedroom that I like to call my little fox den. I have a room that's just my own where I have space to myself and time to myself and um, I do things that are just for me. Um, I have friendships outside of my marriage and outside of parenting you guys. And, you know, I, have a, I do have a life outside of you guys and I have a career that is completely separate of you guys. And so there are lots of other components that are outside of it that, that I maintain hmm Yeah. But I'm always a mom two four seven. Like, you know, if you call me anytime, like call text, or if I even feel like something's going on, like I'm still on call.
0: There was Ohio. one time. I mean, this was probably this is a while ago. This was probably like five or six years ago. I remember I this was when I used to work in Everett and I went out to my car and had a flat tire or something and I wasn't sure what to do when I called you. And you were so excited that I called you to ask for help. You were like, oh my goodness, I love being a mom. Here, I'm going to call the tire store. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'll call you. It made you happy. And I couldn't I was like, All right. like, do you call the tire That's store. Right. Let me know what they say. That's
1: right. Um, I'm on high alert. I'm on mom high alert 247. Two for seven. But I also feel like
0: it probably helps that those things don't happen super often as well. Because I also think that it probably wouldn't, I don't know if I would get that reaction if every day I were calling and with my finger up my nose saying I couldn't figure something out. Absolutely. There's a balance to it, I think. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Very true. Because I could also
0: see that getting old
1: quick. Uh Uh-huh. Real old, real fast. (laughs) It's, it's really nice. One of the most rewarding things I, about having back to having adult kids, one of the most rewarding things is like being part of your life journey and then seeing kind of how you navigate without me. So it, it's actually really rewarding. And it's nice to still have the relation, still have a close relationship with you, but not have to have you call me for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, to not have to have you lean on me for everything. So the things that we have helped you navigate, you can now navigate on your own. And that that actually is very nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, that has actually been one thing that has surprised me ever since I left home for college is just how it really reinforced how much I was raised to be able to take care of myself in a lot of ways that I'm grateful for. And I felt definitely very prepared to do so. And in some ways, you know, more prepared to handle some things than, than some of my peers in some settings. Yeah.
1: As parents, we try to give you as much, well, just, I'm just going to put a claim. We just try to lace you with as much game as we can you <laughs> to take it and rock with it. That is amazing. Yeah. And if you can't, then that's when it. I can imagine it's challenging. Yeah, when they just can't take what you've given them, you you lay it out there. But I'm I'm just glad that you can operate in that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because that's hard too. That's the other thing that I think about when it comes to parenting. is like you can. You, there's only so much that you can kind of do, right? Yeah. <laughs> With you, also have to have oh, those Josh. on the receiving end, being willing to like take it and apply it, and so. Yeah. yeah just so yeah that's that's another yeah, hard and part part of my
1: struggle is not stepping in and like keep t- continuing to give the nudges mm-hmm. you know once I give you the nugget and you got it I just gotta let you run with it but yeah
0: but I do think and it's also very interesting now being an adult I feel like there have been so many times over the past maybe couple years where I've had conversations with you and I'm like, whoa, I can see, I can feel mom's growth in a certain area where I'm like, oh, a couple years ago, she would have reacted to this so differently than now. Yeah. Or, oh, she respects this boundary so much more than, you know, previously and I appreciate that and I feel like I am now old enough to be able to recognize and see that. And I think it's also been a really interesting, I mean, for me, adulthood is kind of realizing that your parents are people too. Cause I think when you're young, you know that, but you don't, (laughs) you know, you don't fully get it. They're your parents. Exactly. And then you get older and you're like, oh, my parents are legit people and people who are also still like growing and learning and evolving. And so it, that has been really interesting to bear witness to as well.
1: I feel like I'm still learning you and your brother too, though. I'm really still learning you. Um, I learned something new about you guys all the time. And so, again, trying to keep I feel like I I want to be bumpers around you guys, kind <laughs> <I'm gonna> of <laughs> let you go and live your lives, but I want to be the bumper and buffer around you. Um, but I do I have learned a lot about yeah I've learned a lot about you guys, and I, I continue to learn you. Um, the teenage years that was yeah, and again with you guys being so far apart in age, you know raising teenagers at two different times. Also challenging. Um, One of the biggest lessons I learned that um, when you were pretty, probably preteen, is that an opinion. I was raised with people throwing their opinions at me and just really talking at me. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the way I was raised. And I'm sure to a certain extent, I did that with you guys. I really had to kind of learn on the fly and change direction and realize that an opinion is something that someone asks you for. And even if I quote unquote know better or think I know better, that I am not allowed to just shove that at you and expect for you to to work in that. Now, I still need to give boundaries as a parent and make sure you're going to just always make sure you're safe to the best of our abilities is what we've done. But I couldn't just give you my opinion, just you needed to ask for it, actually want and be able to receive it. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. I don't want to say hard lesson Not like we had really tough experiences where I gave you my opinion, but th- I, we definitely had conversations where I walked away and I thought, you know, maybe I didn't need to just drop that on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I would also, too, love to talk a little bit about just personalities. I mean, I feel like we all have such different personalities. Me and my brother have very different personalities. You and I have very different personalities. And also navigating that. I have kind of had a running joke in my head that I was your first experience with a true introvert. Absolutely. (laughs) And how that was. (laughs) Absolutely. Because you are not an introvert.
1: I am the opposite of an introvert. I'm extremely extroverted. And as you know, most of my side of the family is, which was all I knew growing up, we're all extroverted. We're all in each other's face at each other's house on the phone all the time. And so you really were my first hands-on experience with any introverted person. And learning that was huge I'm still learning it, but learning how to be respectful of that and really understand truly what it means to be introverted. I remember at a point when you were, to tell the story when you were a child, because I do love to read so much, and I've spoken already about loving to read to you and wanting to share my love of reading and books with you and your brother. One of my favorite things always was reading to you and what book that you had as a as a child, as a little girl, I bought you a book that was about being shy because I just wanted to help you out with being shy because you were, in my mind, so quiet. And uh, one day you were about, and the book was called Don't Be Shy. And it was all about some little character who was really shy. And in the end, they were trying to tell them to not be shy, which is what I was trying to force on you to stop being shy. <laughs> and you were about, Six and you told me one day, mom, I'm not shy. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown, right? Mind blown. Um, I just thought you were a shy person. And there's a huge difference between being shy and being an introvert. It's not that you were shy. So that has been a huge learning curve for me. And that's also where boundaries come in. where I need to educate myself on that and also in giving boundaries, because my way is to just talk, 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 and like, go at it. Come on, we're going to go at it. And that will never work for you. That will never work for you.
0: Mm -hmm. So interesting. I feel, like, I feel like it'd be so weird to just like give birth to somebody and then they just have a whole personality that is just not like yours. I, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said. And anybody <laughs> listening who has children is going to be like, yeah, that's how we all got here. That's how it works for everybody. But still for me, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't quite prepared for it. I really thought that, you know, you were I was in I survival prepared. mode. You were like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: I'm not going, come on, let's
0: go do it. Come on, kid. Let's go. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, yeah. It's been, it it was, it was, it's been a good learning experience and I've had to learn it and and I'm still learning because I'm like, I could just sit and talk all day and all night and just be turned up.
0: That's how it is. Anytime we travel together.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So
0: and that, you know, traveling with you has been one of
1: my favorite things. Our adventures have been so good and it's one of the, yeah, it's one of the best things about having a daughter. Um, is having our mother-daughter trips. And yeah, I turn it the whole damn time.
0: Those have been so funny where I'm like, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> like, I'm tired. I can't <laughs> talk anymore. I don't want to make more friends at this resort. I want to go to the room.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I make friends everywhere I go. There are no strangers. They're just friends that I haven't met yet. I yeah.
0: cannot think of a more opposite statement of how I live <laughs>
1: Right. And so I love that we're (laughs) able to still, I love that we've still been able to figure it out and still be able to travel together. And Mm -hmm. still, there have been times where you just did need to turn down and and just get some recharge time for yourself. And I didn't understand it. And my feelings would be hurt. Like, well, why, why we're not done. The party's not done. Like it's (laughs) not over. And I had to, once I came to understand Um, what it was like that that my constant turn up was a complete drain on your whole soul (laughs) that I could I I got to a point where I didn't need to take it personally that you just needed a minute Mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't about me it was just about you needing a minute and so (laughs) but our travel our travel adventures have been fun I look forward to outside opening back up so that we can have more of those in the future
0: yeah where should we go next
1: Oh, it's a wide, wide world.
0: <laughs> I'd be down for another something tropical. I feel like we've got a good tropical theme going. Yeah,
1: definitely have a beach. Maybe we'll do Eastern Mexico or Jamaica.
0: Mm, Jamaica would be cool. Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. down I'm, I'm down for any of it. So whenever, whenever this, this clears up.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll start planning. We can start mentally planning. I don't think I'll see the inside of an airplane before twenty. 20-
0: 22 same and i <laughs> i'm probably going to need about till 2022 for my budget to catch up as well
1: <laughs> that's, so that's perfect <laughs> yeah no no we plan ahead of time
0: you know how we do
1: yeah yeah no, we don't we don't go to the money tree in the backyard we just plan it and we get it done mm-hmm. yeah but our adventures have been great and the photos and the memories and the, the foam parties in the pool and <laughs> The day drinking. Awesome. <laughs> I love having an adult daughter.
0: Yeah, it's probably a little bit more fun than when I was younger. It's much more fun. In different ways. Yeah, yeah. So how has it been being kind of in empty nest mode, at least during quarantine?
1: It is an absolute dream. It's all the dreams <laughs> that I dreamed. You to do all learn. the puzzles. All yes. the puzzles. All I'm the projects. Fun. All the books, all the house, the closet organization, the Netflix, the chill, it just having the whole house to ourselves is like a dream. But still having before. access to our kids. Yeah, no, it's never happened. This is the goal though. But still having access to you and your brother. That, mm-hmm. like that that's what makes it good, is mm-hmm. that we get all this space in this whole great house. <laughs> but still have access to like talk to you guys. Yeah. And check on you. Yeah
0: speaking of access i'm really curious obviously last year i moved and i left the pacific northwest and it's something that ha- was really interesting it was something that i decided to not talk about on social media while i was in the thick of it because people were coming for me surprisingly i'm just like who cares where i live you listen to a podcast you just see me on instagram like, i could do that from anywhere like why do people care and a big part of why i was like you know i'm just not going to talk about it till after it's done was that people you know some that I knew personally and s- some that I didn't know personally kind of felt away about it I'm like this is so interesting you don't truly know me but as someone who does yeah. know me and has been <laughs> like I am very far I'm curious how you feel about it I don't know if I I never actually asked you what you thought how you felt about me moving I just I just moved and I just did it and I never, never really asked how you felt about it. Cue the
1: tears. Um, our goal as a parent is to raise you to soar and to like follow follow your dreams wherever they are. And if your dream is purely to just have beach access (laughs) and sunshine um if that's what feeds your soul and makes you happy like there's nothing more amazing than seeing your kid do that but I haven't allowed myself to miss you Mm -hmm. I haven't really um allowed my heart to miss you yet and I think I'm a little more emotional about it right now because of COVID-19 yeah (laughs) travel's not possible and Mm -hmm. um Even though, you know, I can get down there in a car fast, girl. (laughs) But we did. Listen, I can be there in, I can wake up in Seattle and I can go to sleep at your house if I need. (laughs) Um, So I don't feel like access to you is cut off. However, it was easy. It was easy for me for you to move out of the area because as you know, (laughs) I had already started planning my future trips. (laughs) You moved at the end of summer and I was coming in November. Yeah. So um, because we're still on the best coasts, that is, that's a good thing. You're not that far, but I feel, I definitely feel a little bit emotional about it right now because I can't just hop a plane and I feel a certain way about that. I definitely feel a way that I can't hop a plane, Yeah. but I can fill up my car and be there in 18 hours. And so That feels okay, Um, But I just think it's amazing that you um, just from woman to woman that you knew what was good for you and your soul and you were able to do that. And I love that, that you empowered yourself to do that, that you didn't need anyone else. You didn't need anyone else's permission. And that alone feels amazing (laughs) to have raised a woman who can go get it herself. As your mom, I have not allowed myself to miss you, but you have traveled back here several times. I feel like I've seen you a lot, Mm -hmm. but the fact that I can't hop on a plane right now and get to my baby, I'm feeling a certain way
0: that I get like 18
1: hours away because I would be all gas and no brakes.
0: (laughs) That's how it was when I moved down here and we took that road trip. (laughs) That's right. When you told
1: me that you were going to move, you had already made the decision and you kind of had a timeline and it was right around the time your dad and I were going to take a vacation. And I was like, nah, you can't, uh -uh, you can't be moving out of town while we're, no, you can't move out of town while we're gone. (laughs) And so we changed that vacation plan and um, switched to that so that we could be here when you moved out of the area. I couldn't imagine not being in Seattle while you were leaving Seattle on a permanent move. I was just like, yeah, I
0: know. And y'all are the real MVPs because so for those listening, the same week that I decided to move was um, my parents were out of town for their anniversary and they flew back to Seattle, landed at like 10 p.m. that Friday. And we woke up and started driving down to California the next day at like 6 a.m. So they're the real MVPs for, for that. Such good sports.
1: We could not let you leave Seattle without us being here. Like, there's no way. Like, yeah, nobody could. Yeah, nobody could keep me from being in Seattle when you left in the area. And it was another adventure, right? Going down. Yes. Me, me going down, <laughs> That was a good time. And Lamar. And Lamar. <laughs> Was Solange there? Did I? Solange was
0: her? there. Solange, Solange was on the edge of glory for a minute. What was left of Solange at that time? Which, um, for those of you who don't follow me on Instagram, you sure should, because I'm talking about my plants right now. I'm Sandra, two plants. If you, if we're not Instagram friends, um, who are both now doing very well, but that move about killed both of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: so. it was it was a grand, it was a grand adventure getting on down there but uh yeah the plants the plants survived yep. so it a, so yeah that was yeah so yeah you moving and relocating is an amazing thing I'm glad that you uh, mm-hmm. were able to make that happen and you just did it and you, you did it you made a decision and you did it and i'm I'm super proud of you for that because again you empowered yourself mm-hmm. like you didn't need anybody's permission or 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 anything you just made a move you made a decision and you made a move um but as soon as outside opens I'll be booking another flight,
0: <laughs> which will be good I'm excited for that yeah me too yeah and likewise I'm sad that I you know haven't been able to come back up in a while I was supposed to come back up a couple of weeks ago and that didn't didn't get to happen. And I was pretty sad about that. So one thing that I would love to kind of circle back to is we talked about, we've talked a little bit about your background, the cycle of teen pregnancy in our family, and kind of what that has looked like that I did not take part in. I think for something like that is so tricky because it is, it's not, I don't even want to talk about it. Like it's a bad, like it's a bad thing. It's something that in most circumstances is not ideal. And that has a huge impact on life. But I have, I I don't want to be like, well, it's bad, right? Because that's how I got here. That's how you got here. It happens. There are people who do it and who, you know, life goes on and they thrive and it can be, you know, it's, it's, Usually not what's planned for people, but it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. However, I am really curious just how you went about really trying to prevent that <laughs> for, for me and for my brother, knowing that it's something that is largely outside of your control, but really trying to to influence in a better way and, and kind of what that looked like. And I'm curious too, if in your situation, I mean, you, was that something that when you were younger, you and grandma talked about what, what was the difference there that you think led to a a different result for you onto us?
1: Well, first of all, I agree. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I think from the beginning of time, um, women have been having babies when they were young, um, teenage years. I mean, really, I think it's probably when we're the most fertile, if I'm being completely honest. And so again, ag- agreed, I won't look at it as a, as a bad thing necessarily. Um,
0: it's challenging. I mean, it's, and I'm also not like, oh, it's fine. It's definitely yeah. challenging and yeah. it's challenging oh, yeah. for everybody involved. I think um
1: yeah so I so in transitioning from when I was growing up um the most the most conversation that I had with my mom you know not just you know, you know how your grandma is, (laughs) you know how her personality type is. And a lot of the talk, she's pretty straightforward. She was a very blunt person. And I didn't just have her. I had lots of aunts, right? So my mom, my aunts, they had lots of conversations with me about sex and they all went like, boys just want to get down your pants. Don't ever do it. That was the most that they ever said guys just want to have sex with you. Don't do it. Well, that just was not effective because at some point I wanted to have sex as much as the guys did. Mm -hmm. And so they never told me what to do with those feelings and they never told me what to do in those situations. There has never been just one sex talk with you and your brother. It's been an ongoing conversation. And my challenge in that has always been when not to give too much because i I'll tell you everything like from A to Z, like all of it. Um, but I just think that education was key for me um, and just being really realistic and only giving you what was age appropriate. I think having a lot of those conversations when they were age appropriate, it's been one long ongoing conversation. That it wasn't just one talk and then it stopped. And also, I would like to think that as embarrassing as it can be or you know, that's just one topic like any other topic around our house that we can all talk about. It wasn't like a taboo conversation. Um, so hopefully being open to conversation and being realistic about it. That I remember having a conversation with my mom where she was pretty upset with me with some of the information that I had shared with you about birth control, about teen pregnancy. Like I had had a talk with you and my mom was really put out by it. Really? She really was. Oh yeah. She really was. She thought that I was giving you too much. But even
0: after all of that, even after how you got here, how I got here, she was, she, I didn't realize that, that she was upset that you had talked to me about birth control.
1: After all of that, she was, she thought that I had just given you too much information and she thought I was just putting ideas in your head. And she thought that, You know, she said, you know, that Lestrandra is not even there yet. She's not thinking about that. Why are you like putting that on her? I said, mom, I'm not telling her to go have sex. We're just having open conversations about all of what all of her options are. And if we just have these normal conversations, then it's going to be normal for her to talk to me when, when she has a decision to make, that's her decision and that she's allowed to make it whenever, whenever she's ready. And the same with your brother. He's allowed to make the decision when he's ready, but I have to be open to the conversation. If it's a conversation that's too big and hard to approach, you'll never come to me with it. So your dad and I have always tried to approach it as just another conversation.
0: I'm also really curious, just with your upbringing, being around so many different people. So for those listening, we have a big extended family. <laughs> you don't really have that big of an immediate, you don't have that, you only have a couple siblings, but um you have like a really big extended family, lots of lots of cousins, but also like lots of aunts, uncles, lots of backgrounds in there. Yeah. And so, especially having moved around so much mm-hmm. and as like a young black girl who one of your biggest influences in your life who helped raise you was a white grandmother, also, moving around so much to all these different places that probably also have different types of people all over. Yeah. You know, back in the day, back in like the 70s, that's just, that's a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. A whole lot. And um, they're just all experiences that has just led to what is my story and my life story. And I just, I feel like I had such a rich upbringing in that. I was able to experience white people, black people, loud people, quiet people. I had a lot going on around me and it definitely added to who I was. I had, there was a lot of, there was a lot of flavors mixed up in this mix. And so, yeah, being born and raised for the first portion of my life on the East Coast and then moving to the Seattle area when I was 10, 11, I've had the experience from both sides of the country and it's been really unique.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's been, it's definitely added a lot to, to my
0: layers. What were some of the differences between the two?
1: Culturally night and day. Um, when I lived in, um, Buffalo, definitely more inner city, um, far more people of color, far more people of color, aside from my grandmother, as you know, Um, But that was just what was normal. And then moving to the Seattle area because we moved like kind of outskirts um, and there was just no people of color for for miles. That was like Especially back then. Yeah, 1980. Yeah. Yeah, there were not a lot of uh, people of color in Auburn, Washington. So yeah, none. There was one other black family and we knew them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a culture shock, but it definitely again added to who I am, to who I can relate to, having the experience. I'm better for the experience, but it was not. It definitely wasn't easy being the only people of color.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was not. That was that was not fun, and I learned a lot that I still carry today. Yeah. Yeah. It also really encouraged me to raise my kids in a diverse area. Um, that was really important to me, too, that you and your brother get get to go to school with people that look like you. Not all people that look like you, but we needed some diversity and definitely some flavor because I was not moving you out where you were not going to be the only one that looked like
0: you. Yeah. That was,
1: and so, yeah, that was that was a big deal for me.
0: Yeah, which I know that's something that I'm very grateful for. And it wasn't until... Later in life that I kind of had that experience and I felt like it was like such a shock to the system because I just, I was just so used to being around just so many people who look like me. There was never, I just had never really experienced that before until like college was really the first time that I experienced it. And it was like, whoa, yeah, what is this? A lot. That's a lot. It was a whole lot. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's really hard. It was really tough. A lot of my middle school age was uh, was me being the only black person around. And it was a that was very challenging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just so unsure about everything. Yeah.
1: So unsure about everything. And to be the only black person around. That was not that wasn't fun. Yeah. Middle school is hard enough, mm-hmm. right, without
0: that? I don't even remember it. Middle school? Yeah, like I don't, I really don't remember middle school. Was it a, is it that much of a blur for you? I remember kind of the time period, but I don't really remember how I felt, what my days were like. Like I just, I don't remember. Wow. It was a
1: pretty mellow time i, I want to say mellow but yeah you were definitely figuring yourself out right about that time
0: yeah
1: right um, about that you and i have always been close and we have i love our relationship um but definitely middle school was that was some of the more challenging time that's the time when you kind of felt like you needed to pull back from me a little bit when you kind of needed to be the anti mom
0: really you that's yeah. interesting that you felt that way, because I feel like I here I am now. I'm like, oh, now I remember. No, um <laughs> there's still a lot of things about middle school that I don't remember, but I, I don't. That wasn't how I felt. I no. wasn't feeling like I was anti mom. I think that. In a lot of ways, you and I are really different, and I think that that was just a time in my life where I was starting to understand how different we were. And I feel like, you know, when I was younger, I used to struggle quite a bit of being not jealous of you. Jealous isn't the right word, but like wishing that I were more like you in ways that I'm just not. Hmm. And so if anything, I kind of felt the opposite of anti.
1: Interesting.
0: Like I I was so self-conscious about the fact that I wasn't an extrovert and that I wasn't like the bubbly... Person, I mean, it still is like that for you. Everywhere you go, you just make friends, and people love you, and you're like the life of the party. And I, I mean, I think sometimes I do still struggle with the fact that that's just not who I am. But when I was younger, mm-hmm. I really struggled with it because I just I wanted to be like that so badly, and I just I just can't, couldn't then, yeah. can't now. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can
1: see that. um, yeah, I am Miss Personality quote unquote personality, Um, pretty friendly, make friends pretty easily, could talk to most people in most situations. But that also comes with a cost. Like you got to kind of be careful who you talk to and what kind of exchange you have. And so there are definitely times when I wish that I could be more like you and know when things just don't need to be said and when to just kind of pull back a bit. That's a skill set that you have that I wish I had more of sometimes. So we'll just give and take with each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, balance
1: yeah. each other out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, what else is there to being a mom? Um, it's like the greatest pain of my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot of parents would describe it.
1: Absolutely. But it went so fast. You guys really? have just grown up so fast. I mean, the it's like the days are long, but the years are short. Truly, yeah, truly, the days are long, but the years are short. Um, when you have infants, you just cannot wait for them to just get to an age where you can sleep through the night, mm-hmm. and then you just can't wait for them to start walking, so you don't have to carry them around everywhere, and then you just can't wait until they can go to school, and before you know it, they're graduating college. It just goes in the blink of an eye and like making the decisions day by day it's a huge responsibility to like be influencing somebody's life like every decision that you make still to this day decisions that I make if I post something on social media I think yikes I am someone's mom like <laughs> Well, this embarrass them. I'm sure I have embarrassed you and your brother plenty of times and the embarrassment's not over. It's not over. I'm not done embarrassing either of you, but I do think like, wow, am I, you know, the way I portray myself, I like am someone's mom, like God, but I have my own flavor and, you know, I'm going to do that always. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think you should always have your own flavor and express your own flavor. However, mm-hmm. however you'd like. Yeah. And that being a mom shouldn't necessarily uh, change that. I mean, obviously, it's good to be mindful of that. And I think it also probably does depend on everyone's unique situation and, and how old their kids are. We're all right. We're grown.
1: We're good. I, we <laughs> did it. I remember wanting, I always wanted five kids. That was always the number in my mind when I was a kid. <laughs> I had you and I was like, yep, yeah, all right, I'm good for a while.
0: Maybe <laughs> take just it back. one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe just one. One will do.
0: Yeah. Are there any, like, stages that you miss the most?
1: Definitely the infant stage. Really? Definitely the infant stage. Oh, yeah. Because babies get to a point where they're just cuddly and sweet and all they want is just to be with you. Mm Mm-hmm and just for you to be there and support them while they explore and grow. And that's just my favorite stage from say maybe six months to about a year. That just is such an amazing, magical time. A lot of growth, a lot of, um, yeah, just a lot of growth, a lot of exploration and it's real. it was really neat to, to experience. It, and I miss that because then they're all sweet and squishy and cuddly and yeah.
0: Can't talk yet.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: no dogging. <laughs> I know because probably by the time we started talking you were like oh no <laughs> yeah
1: the talking back your brother's the talk he he's the talk back kid he's the one that has a... he was
0: the talk back kid and I was the don't shut up kid yeah and those yeah. both of those are hard
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I yeah and even the way we the way we planned our family and just the way it happened and as far apart as you guys are spaced, I want to say I had one going into kindergarten. Was he going into kindergarten when you were going into high school? Yeah. Hi, yeah, ay. That was, yeah. I feel like we probably would have had a second child closer to earlier if we just needed some time to kind of get our bearings and figure things out. Mm-hmm. Like I had you at 17. Like I wasn't going to just turn around and have another kid. I just thought that definitely wouldn't, again, my decisions were what was going to be best for you. It definitely wouldn't have been best for you to have a sibling when you were like two or three years old. I was still figuring out, you know, getting my career started and and really just figuring out adulting myself and navigating parenting and adulting at the same time. We're trying to adult. Mm -hmm. So we definitely weren't going to have kids right away. But after a while, it was like, okay, if we're going to do this again, we'd better
0: And did you feel pressure then, too, of still figuring out adulting but worried about, well, if I'm already a young mom and then I'm a young mom and I have multiple kids, you know, worried about that perception? I think. Again, not to say that it's bad, but I do think that it is something that. Yeah. Yeah. Is a perception.
1: The perception of others stopped me from having children sooner. Mm -hmm. Absolutely especially my grandmother kind of had a voice in the back of my head. You know, she would tell me things like, you know, you're not a baby making machine. I know grandma. I know you guys are, you know, you don't want to keep having kids. Do you? I'm like, I know, but you know, I think about it now. And to me, it was kind of offensive when she said that. Cause I thought, gosh, give me some credit. Like, okay. I know I had a baby when I was 17, but like, I'm doing a good job with her. Right. And I would think, why does she say things like that to me? Like, don't have more kids, don't have more kids. Like she was really one of the strong voices in my in my ear to really wait to have more kids. But I think about her life and I look mm-hmm. back and I think that, she, you know, when you look at the fact that she had seven kids literally as a stepladder every year for 10 years straight, she was pregnant and having a baby. Now looking back on it, I can see why she was advising me that way. It was just the way she went the about it. The way she did it, Yeah.
0: yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think so much of that is so valid when we're speaking between generations. And I think my generation specifically is so, we're just so into like language and healing and holding space. I mean, you can tell that we've all at some point been to therapy more so than (laughs) the generations before us, because we just want to craft every word perfectly for how we hold space and heal and do the things. And back in the day, they're just like, don't have no more babies. (laughs) Yeah. Even though the intention is good. The intention is like, I did this. It was hard. I don't want you to experience this hardship. The way they say it is don't be a baby maker. And so it's interesting. I'm, I'm, it's, it's just, it's interesting to see that change in just a few generations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's just a different, there's, it's just the approach, you know, the approach just has to be, you have to give the information where the other person is receptive to it. I mean, I get, I guess it was effective to an, to an extent, but um, I mean, I didn't have kids right away, but yeah, she just came straight, straight down the middle. She was not playing games That's with how me. she
0: said everything.
1: That's right. That's <laughs> right. You know, you're not just a baby making machine, um, but important things for me were like finish school establish a career, like be able to financially care for you. And like, there were things that I just had to have done. Your dad and I, you know, we're not married when I was 17. When I had, you know, as you know, you know, we got married a couple of years after you were born. And so, you know, get married. There were, you know, there were just certain things that we just wanted to have set in place before we had more kids. So, and it all worked out. It all Mm -hmm. worked out. Yeah, I think. (laughs) We're still working it out. We might still be working all this out.
0: Well, thank you so much. I mean, before, before we go though, I mean, I of course have to talk to you about self-care and what self-care looks like for you and about balance. So what have you been doing to take care of yourself these days? Holding myself
1: up in a room and doing whatever feels good for me at the moment. One thing about being a mom All of my life, most of my life, and being a wife for most of my life is not just closing myself off and not just only tending to me. And so, for the first time ever, I have this space—a physical space and a room that is just for me. And I come here and do whatever it is is good for me in the moment. And that can that has varied. It varied from Netflix and chill to sit and literally just look around at the walls to doing a puzzle or reading a book or listening to a sermon or listening to a podcast or having a video call. Um, my self-care this day, these days just looks like whatever feels good for me in the moment. And from moment to moment, that changes, but I'm going with it.
0: And what does being a balanced black girl mean to you?
1: It means being every woman, and that again changes <laughs> from moment to moment to moment. Balance for me is the main parts of my life being mostly good. Mostly good. Everything's not going to all be good at all times, but if 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 my family's healthy and relatively happy, and I'm healthy and relatively happy, and um, and I'm still growing then I've got balance. And balance is a tough one for me being a Libra because I'm wishing (laughs) (laughs) these scales are constantly on the tilt. And so that balance is for me to get, it can be challenging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that though. I like that definition. Well, thank you so much for coming on,
1: coming on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm it's amazing. I don't, you You have completely disarmed me. I don't feel nervous anymore. <laughs> Good.
0: <laughs> Nothing to be nervous about. I really appreciate you being here and for you being so open and so willing to share and to share your story with all of us and at least just parts of it. I mean, I know there is still so much more to your story, but I appreciate you being here and having this conversation with me.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on.